it clicked and I needed to be better. I needed to, within myself, tell myself, I, I need to do better. I need to be better at this and I will and I can. Right. And I did. There you go. You know, it took those people, it took the teachers telling me that I was wrong and showing me how to do it right over and over and over and over again. And this, is, this doesn't just apply to my, you know, oil and gas industry knowledge. This applies to everything I've ever learned in my life. School, music. Absolutely. It took somebody to challenge me to, to overcome whatever obstacle I had in my mind to, to supersede that and want to be better, you know, want to learn, want to strive for something different. You're not a banger. You're not in music. I don't know nothing about music. I can just play guitar. There you go. And you are phenomenal at it. Thank you. you know, I mean, you, you, you are, you are, it's like you've been playing since you were a baby because you applied and you had amazing people around you who went, you can be better. I always play with people who are better than me at guitar. Yeah. Always. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Period. Big truth. <laughs> you are the company you hang around. So, I want to be around the smartest, most talented people all the fucking time. So, I mean, when I started at Jable, I was on the shipping and receiving moon. I was boxing up parts to send them off to different countries and shit like that. You know what I did? I didn't know that. Yeah. You know what I did? I did not know that. Yeah. That's, that's how I got my start there. I didn't just apply to be an engineer. And I hired you. I just answered it out of help wanted that or somebody recommended you. I started at the bottom. It was a friend of mine who was working in, uh, she was a, uh, she was a clerk. Uh, she was the one who checked out, like, if uh, one of the machinists needed, you know, a specific bolt or something like that. She had to check it out of the storeroom, write it off, and then... Give it to the machinists. Everything had uh, accountability. Yeah, you know, everything had uh, traceability about it. Because, you know, if we put a bad bolt in a part, it, we can trace it back to, okay, it's not the part that's bad, it's just this one little piece. You know? That's, it, it needs to trace back like that. So, that's kind of how that whole technology thing went down. And, uh, this was. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right when, when I got out of doing wilderness therapy. And, you know, my legs hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been doing it for years, you know, sleeping on the cold ground. You know, it was just, I wanted to do something different, you know, I wanted to apply my, my mind. It's not like I wasn't applying my mind to wilderness therapy, there's a lot of, a lot of mental stress involved in there. But, that could be a whole episode. I could talk for hours. That day we went to lunch on your birthday. The stories you told, God, we sat there for three hours. We should have lunch for 40 minutes. Three hours later, like, so it's the most fulfilling work I've ever done in my life, man. Right. Like, you did a lot of good for a lot of people that needed it. The saddest part about that, though, is I'll never know. That's one of those things that really hits me. Is I'll never know. Social workers around the planet say that. Yeah. I'll never know what my impact really is. It's you never know. But. I can't, I can't dwell on it. You know, yeah, I, I, did I did what I did. I did, I did what, what I could. could. Yeah. They moved on to their either higher level of education, education therapy, or whatever they needed. And that's it. Yeah. You know? So. You really started in shipping or receiving. Yeah. I did not know that. I, 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 I
But still, like, I, I really didn't know that. For what, what you brought up. up. I didn't stay there. When, when, when I had downtime, which there was. Yeah. I, I wouldn't hang out in the bullpen with the engineers. I listened to them. I went, I went to the quality room and watched, watched them do their inspections. inspections. I went to the clean room and watched them do the bore scoping and like checking the features that are drilled to the parts. I went and hung out with the machinists. And you know, I learned what I learned in school, but they taught me how to, how to apply it. Sure, you can read everything you want in a book, but when it comes down to you having the tools in your hand, now what? Yeah. Teachers you know. teach, doers do. So, and I don't like to knock teachers. I hate to say that. That's not so negative, but there are people that teach because they can't do. They can they can read it to you. They can express it to you. They can show you how to do something. Sure. But actually, the application of doing it is a very different thing. And I have always always held to that. And and so yeah, if you stepped up and you were going to different things and you're looking at different things and finding different ways to. That, that's what gets you moving forward. It, it, not just in work, in life. Sure. I mean, in Jable Lewis Engineering, they, I mean, the mechanical prowess of these guys that were running those six axis milling machines is incredible. Almost unfathomable, you know? Their ability to just calculate things as quickly as they do. And, you know, that, that can't be taught. That's something that's learned over years and years of doing it. And I was just so thankful that I got to, or that they, they themselves took it out of their time to, to teach me. You know, I, and they knew I was just one of the kids in the shipping and receiving room boxing up parts, you know? They could have just told me to fucking piss off. Absolutely. Some of them did. But, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's like, why are you here? You don't belong here. True. You, you know, not knowing your education, not knowing what you've done, or, or feeling present. If you learn this, you can take my job. Sure. No, trust me, none of them felt that way. These guys, uh, the machinists at Jable, they're all like university level teachers in machining and, you know, engineering. So they were, they knew their security there, you know, type of thing. So, but all they wanted to do was teach. That's all they wanted to do. Yeah. You know? They were tired. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing what they've been doing for years, you know, staring at their machine, do its thing, you know, and not being able to really talk about what's going on inside of it. They already know what's going on inside of it. Yeah. And then I'd come along, bright eyed and bushy tailed, and they loved it. They were like, hey, check this out. You know, look in there and see what's going on right now. You know, that's the, that's the bit moving from this datum to this datum, moving, you know, cutting in this brooch and this, you know, and it, it, that's what blossomed in my mind and made me, well, I wanted to be like that. You know, I wanted to strive <coughs> to that level of excellence, you know, that level of, or that degree of finesse in their, in their work. And that's what drove me to go back to school, get my degree. See, that's, but that, that's exactly, that's exactly my point is that, if you're, if you're in a position, I don't like calling people out specifically. So, you know who you are, I know you listen to the show, don't be pissed off. I had a friend who would take the smallest incident 
and blow it up to a level that is just life destroying. And don't get me wrong, I love this one to death. That level of anxiety? It's, it's, it's so, the big stuff handles it like it's nothing. <laughs> Literally just giant things come and just, gosh, just swims through, it gets it done, puts it away. The littlest fucking thing derailed for weeks. Weeks. Ruins relationships, ruins friendships, ruins parental relationships. Just loses her fucking mind. And then has been diagnosed with a couple of conditions and is on medication and will deliberately not take them. And she's smart. She knows science. She knows things. She knows that you can't just take your meds and then it cures you. No. It keeps you going. It's a maintenance program. It is not a balance. It's a chemical balance. Yes. It's not a, you're cured. It's a maintenance program. She knows this. She tells everyone this. She gives us advice all the fucking time. And yet then she will... Garments and she does it on the purpose. She turns into a fucking goblin and just goes nuts over the littlest little thing. The big stuff, though, I got this, I can handle this, I can move. And she doesn't even recognize it. She's one of those people I love having in my life because she teaches me every single fucking day that the biggest things on the planet that would normally crush somebody can be solved with a simple, let me look at this. Let me think about this. Let me identify the issue. Let me look at some things. That's it. That's easy enough. I respect that very much. I will always respect her for that. And I take the other stuff with a grain of salt because she doesn't seem to realize how devastating it is to her entire environment when she has a bad day. There are those people like that. I have another friend who has been very anti-love for a very long time. Thought she'd never be treated right. First guy came along, this guy was legitimately like, I want to be like jealous. I want to be that guy. Like, there's got to be something wrong. There's got to be. He's perfect. He's fucking perfect. And I'm happy for her. Genuinely happy for her. And I know she's already waiting for the other shoe to drop because she's like, there's going to be something at some point. Something's going to happen. I know it will. And that sucks. It does. Because she's somebody who inspires me every day with just living. How she raises her kid, how she deals with trauma, how she tries to make every situation she's in better. And yet, she doesn't see other issues. Can't tell her. You can't show her. She doesn't believe it. I mean, I can relate to that pretty heavily. I mean, after. The last few relationships I've been in, it's been harder and harder to get back on that horse, you know? Yeah. Because it's kind of like one of those feelings, like, to me, I, I eat myself alive thinking I'm not good enough. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say something, and I want you to take it with as much salt as you need. Sure. And as much sugar as you need to actually ingest it. I am a not attractive person. And I am incredibly hard to be around. I am inherently violent. Not necessarily like physical violence, but I, I am full of more rage than Bruce Banner. I, I am pissed off about a lot. And I'm very hard to be around because I'm very in my ways and I'm very used to being alone and having to deal with trauma, tragedy, drama, whatever. I'm the person everybody leans on. I'm a maypole. As long as everybody's moving around me, I'm upright. The second one person lets go, I'm like, oh, fuck. 
And nobody bothers to pick me back up. They just keep trying to choke me out with the fucking ribbon. That's what it feels like most of the time. And not everybody does that to me, but there is a lot of people that do contribute to that lifestyle. I choose that lifestyle. It's my choice. One of the things that I realized in relationships is A, I'm always dating up. I'm always dating up. Every girl I've been with has been, I'm a solid four and a half of five too. I date nines and tens. I do. It's like I just seek drugs for my pores or something and they just fall into line like, oh, I'm going to be addicted to you for the next six to eight months. And then they start to see the truth and they start to go, well, maybe not. Maybe I, ooh, maybe I should, yeah. And they start to, they, there's, there's the cracks in the foundation. I choose to date people that make me want to be a better person. And I'm close friends with people who make me want to do the same thing. If, if you're in my life and you make me want to be better, I don't care what a piece of shit I am, I'm trying to be better. And I surround myself with people who inspire me. When I... There are two relationships in my life that truly broke me when they ended truly broke. When my relationships with the mothers of my children ended, it was horrible. And there's so much added drama and so much, what are we going to fucking do with kids? How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to do that? I mean, there's so much to it that you don't think about. There's that aspect. But the relationships that, that truly broke me, broke me because I was better than I've ever been. I was the best version of me that I'd ever been, and they were responsible for that. They made me not angry. They made me hopeful. They made me love. They made me really look for the best in people, best in history, best in future, best in everything. And they did it effortlessly. They didn't go out of their way to do it, it's just who they were. For me, for other people, maybe that's not the case. I've watched both of them be in kind of destructive situations. One of them before me and the other one several times after me. But if you can look at somebody as a, wow, I don't deserve you, and switch it to, someday I will. I'm going to keep working until I do. Because you deserve the best and I want to be the best. I say this a lot. To, there, there's one friend in particular. I told her three years ago when we met, I'm going to be your guy. She's like, what do you fucking mean? I was like, no, I'm not saying we're ever going to date. I'm not saying we're ever going to be together. I'm going to be your guy. I'm going to be the dude that you call in the middle of the night. I'm going to be the guy that you can come to with the weirdest fucking problems. I'm the guy you're going to be able to bitch to about your boyfriends or your mom or whatever. I'm going to be your guy. I want to be your guy. I will spend the rest of my life being your guy. I want that because every moment I spend with you makes me a better person. And I've gotten to feel that way. Audrey Kelly, my best friend in the world, has saved my life on numerous occasions, has knocked my dick in the dirt on numerous occasions, has made me feel stupid, has made me feel brilliant, has made me feel so many things that that woman does not realize how much in my, of my life has been because she's in the world. Drummer was the same way. 
drummer made me live. And so the couple of relationships that I've had that made me feel that way, and one of them, if everybody looked up from the outside, I think it makes no sense. There's a huge age difference. There was so many cultural differences. Lifestyle, how we were raised. I mean, there was a, a, a billion reasons we shouldn't have been together. And I've never loved so much in my life. And it ended in a, in a matter of two days. There was bad times, and there was really great times. But it literally went from, we were on top of the world, and two days later, she was like, you make me want to kill myself? You make me want to die. I can't do this. I'm leaving you. And it's hard. Every day is hard. I, I because that's, <laughs> I said those traumas, those dramatic moments, those things I've seen. Every breakup was yesterday. Every single breakup was yesterday for me. I go through the emotional maze and labyrinth of everything that I've been through while I drink my coffee every morning. Every bad relationship I've ever been with fucking lives in here every day on repeat, <laughs> you know? But I bet the good ones do and too. I bet they all live in there and they sit there side by side and just pew, 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 right behind your eyes all the time. They do. What's the saying? It's hard to see the forest through the trees. Yeah. I've self-sabotaged every relationship I've ever been in. I, I've always felt broken inside yeah. that, you know, who, who would want, who would want to pick up this broken thing and try to put it together, you know, as something that, I mean, the last relationship I was in, she was beautiful. She was loving. She was caring. She was everything I could have asked for. Everything I felt like I needed. But the moment I felt that way, that's when it all crumbled in my head. And that's when I sabotaged it. That's when I started staying out without telling her where I was going. That's when I started driving across the state and not telling her where or why. Until she couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. There are and then I would justify it to myself as, well, there goes another one. I her off without me. That one, that, that one. Yeah. I swear to God, if I cry, I've never cried on my own podcast. If you make me cry, we're going to have words later. Because <laughs> I'm fighting it right now. Um, I almost cried two weeks ago. And I actually cut a chunk of... I don't ever edit out pieces. I cut a chunk. Because I realized I said some shit that I should not have said. So I'm going to choose my words carefully here. I cannot in good conscience say that anybody who's left me is better off. I tell myself that every day. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can't say it because I've never been fought for. I've never had anybody fight for me. I've never had anybody go, you know what? I'm going to keep making this work. I have people go, if you don't change right this instant, I give up. And then they give up. It's easy to say you're going to change, but I actually believe in trying to do it. And if, some, if I'm called out, I, mean, I, I think anybody will say, like, if I can, I will give you the shirt off my back. If I can, I will fucking help in any way that I can. And if sometimes the, I will give you the, the right answer. Sometimes that answer is I don't know. But I will never feed you misinformation. I will never deliberately lead somebody down. I don't try to actually hurt people. And it's a misconception. A lot of people feel that I do. They feel that I'm tr I am truly 
pretty fucking evil, but I try really hard not to be. It just falls out of me, and I can't control it. I don't mean for it to happen. I'm just a bad person. I'm a bad human, and I've been that way my whole life. I try really hard to be that good person, to be that that loving, caring, giving thing. And what gets to me more than anything else is every single one of these women that has left me has entered a physically or emotionally abusive relationship. I don't know about this last one. I don't know, but from what some of her friends have told me, they've even said she's extremely unhappy and feels like she really made a mistake and she's married with a kid. Obviously, in her mind, that was her goal. That's what she wanted, but she's unhappy with the situation. So that one may be the, the one that broke the fucking cycle. God, I hope it was. I fucking pray it was. But they've all left me to be beaten up, tied through drugs, tied through alcohol, had their kids taken away, had their lives ruined, lost everything they ever had. And they go back to those relationships. They fight for years in some instances to go through those relationships. And then when they fall apart, they come to me to help them. I have helped girl, ex-girlfriends escape the state to get away from their fucking abusive boyfriends. I have helped ex-girlfriends who have, I have moved them in with me. I've taken care of their kids. I fucking tried to adopt my stepdaughter and was told, was torn at the very last, literally last second because that I couldn't do it because of the, the father wouldn't consent, who then promptly got rid of her, threw her away. This child that I love, that I raised, I can't be her real dad. If you ask her, I'm her dad, and I know that. But because of the relationship that her mom's in, I haven't spoken to my stepdaughter in a year and a half. And the last time I spoke to her is because her mom called me because they had ran away from her husband because they were pissed off and he'd gotten violent. What kind of a piece of shit do I have to be that no one ever comes back to me? That no one ever tries to make it work with me? They use me as the stepping stone to prepare themselves for life and then they go out and ruin themselves? I break people. I ruin people. And it terrifies me every fucking day that I'm going to do it again. I like sex. I like dating. I've learned that I can take my friends on dates. And they're fun. And I, there are people that I know that I will grow old with. Male and female. That I will grow old with. But I'm fairly certain that when I die, no one's going to funeral they're not nobody's gonna know that's the message that replays in my head all the time is you're alone because you choose to be alone and you'll always be alone because who knows me better than me but we don't we don't you want to see a reflection of yourself the mirror is the worst place to start you want to know the truth about yourself ask a kid Ask a child, ask somebody who doesn't like you what they think your best feature or best factor is, what your best trait is. They'll tell you, and it'll be true. If someone can look you in the eyes and say, I fucking loathe you, I hate your fucking guts, but you're one of the most generous people I've ever fucking known, you know it's right. Do you know how many times a, a, a week or a month I hear, I wish I could meet a guy just like you? 
I'm right fucking here. But what they want to say is, I wish I was attracted to you or found you somewhat physically appealing. Because then you'd actually be worth spending time with. That's hard to hear. That's a hard pill to swallow. And it happens all the time. The, the people that hit me up and try and like, I've never been flirted with. There are people online who are like, oh my God, I want to meet you. I want to this, I want to that. And I have to like preface it with, okay, you're imagining a six foot two black man who dresses very well. And actually, based on my voice, based on my appearance, you hear me doing financial stuff. I, I'm a record exec. People don't realize it's mostly spreadsheets and emails. It's not glamorous. It's fucking worse than paycheck to paycheck. It's worse than standard feast to famine. It's like being a starving artist and being a child who doesn't really know what the fuck they're doing. Because who actually knows what a producer does? Who actually knows what an engineer does? Yeah, we have jobs, but it changes project to project, so you gotta be fluid. I'm that way in film, I'm that way in photography, and I'm that way in music. I am a child. How am I supposed to provide for someone else? How am I supposed to give somebody else? All I can give them is me. It's all I got. And that's not a great big present. And so when they meet me and they're like, they have this expectation, I know that they're going to be disappointed. It's never not happened. I'm okay with that. I know where my strengths are. I do know that I've got something to offer as a friend, as a confidant. I know that I don't tell secrets. Which, by the way, is a private help. I know things about people. I watch people talk to each other and I'm like, I know secrets about both of them that would, they would, oh, they, oh, they shouldn't talk. Can't tell either. Can't get involved. It's not my place. Unless one of them says, wow, I wish somebody actually let her know that. Psst, yeah. <laughs> There's those moments and you have to do that. You want to know yourself. Look at, look at what you've achieved. Look at what you've done. Actions speak louder than words. We say this. Our fucking parents taught us this when we were small children. Actions speak louder than words. Be nice. I hate when my parents were right. I fucking hate it. It makes me so goddamn mad that they told me shit when I was three that it took me till I was like 35 and go, you motherfuckers. Look at what you've done. Look at who you've helped. Look at who you've assisted. Look at people's positions in life that may have never even thanked you that you know. I was instrumental in that. Saving a dog, saving a kid, saving... How many lives do you think you saved? Dozens? Hundreds, maybe? But all you can think about is the ones that you didn't. That's, that's the human condition. That's the hard part, is that consistent and constant reminder of our failures. Failure is how we learn, and unfortunately, the lesson we learn is, I'm not good enough. It's the wrong lesson. It's what's driven me for so long, though. Like, it's the reason I have the, the accolades that I can fall back on. You know, so it's, it's one of those things that, like, that's what I try to use. It's like, look, look at all that I've done. Why, why can't you love me? Yeah. And it, it yeah. sucks. It sucks every time. And it, and it never doesn't suck. And I don't know, some people you just look at like, I, I, I play this game. I have, since I did, since I spent so much time with models and strippers and porn stars and things like that, I get asked all the time like, why don't you try to hit that? Why don't you try to hook up with them? Because I spend a lot of time talking to them about Hey, if you had a friend who, was, who you thought was perfect for me, who would it be? 
And there are certain people in certain aspects. There have been times where I've actually sent people across the bar to talk to you. Because I'm like, oh, you're going to like it. Maybe just for tonight. Maybe not forever, but maybe for the moment. Everybody has that. Everybody has that. It's about A, recognizing it, and B, finding compatibility within it. There's 12 billion people on the planet. 9 billion, 12 billion. I've heard like three different numbers. I don't actually know what the population is. I feel like a douchebag for not knowing that. But it's in the high billions, if not double digits, I'm shocked. Billions of people on the planet. By the numbers, there's another you wandering around in like India or Australia or something. By the numbers. There's another person that is genetically and emotionally you. But that one will take off. That's just how that works. Um, I've always wondered if you met yourself, if, if you have, if you end up falling in love with yourself, is it narcissism or just masturbation? But that one actually keeps me awake at times. I don't know. I feel like if I ever met somebody who was just like me, I fucking want to hit him in the face. <laughs> the I joked the other day about wanting a clone, and then I realized it just turned into like I just be, end up plotting my own murder like a lot over and over again. Like that's what that would turn into. Uh, which is so fucked up and really hard to comprehend at times. Um, I, I, there's somebody out there for everybody. There's somebody that if you, if you travel enough, if you experience enough, you find people. And some people aren't meant to be forever. Some people are meant to be very temporary. I make it, I make it a point in my life to not be available. Yeah. That's why... Like whenever I felt comfortable and I felt like oh, I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna try to meet somebody, I'm gonna try to start dating. No, I'm gonna go back to school. No, I'm gonna go on this two month long hitch. No, I'm gonna go do this to better myself or to make me feel like I'm bettering myself. So I, I will be ready for somebody. And I don't know, man, it's just turning into a more bitter pill to swallow. Because you know, I feel like, you know, I, oh, well, I guess it's more observational. Like I'll, I'll look at people that have, or a couple that have nothing together. You know, they they live in a, they could live in a shoebox in an alleyway. They're happy, but their love is unsurmountable. Yeah, you know, and I look at that and I've never felt more jealous. Like, I feel like in that moment I could give up everything that I've ever done just to feel that for a second. See, and then you know what fucks those relationships up? The jealous person attaching to the person. I want that, so I want your wife. That's when those relationships end. Here's the thing. I don't care if you're with the hottest girl on the planet. I don't care if you walk into a bar and there's a woman in there that is obviously... Platinum gold, just fucking perfect. Everything, everything you could ever imagine in a woman. Successful, intelligent, driven, all of it. There is somebody somewhere sick of her shit. I don't care if you walk in and you look at this guy, he's the alpha male to beat all alpha, but he's literally the alpha and the omega. He is perfection in every way. There is some woman who wishes he would fucking die. Maybe for a moment, maybe forever. 
nobody's perfect for anybody. Nothing is, and, and when you find that love, I can tell you with experience. When you find love that's right. Have you seen Hotel Transylvania? It's the animated one that Adam Sandler voices Dracula. Mm. I've never seen it though. Oh my God. The best description of love ever written into a movie is in this kid's film that is just inappropriate enough to be really funny for adults. Dracula says to his daughter in describing why he will never marry again is that I saw her and we spoke and we zinged. You're lucky enough to zing once in your life. Twice is asking too much. Hmm. I've zinged twice. Twice. Knew that my entire existence belonged to another soul. Without a doubt. Everything I had was theirs. Not, not stuff. I mean, that too. But, but me. To know that... that and it happens with your kids. It does like that. I would do anything to take their pain away. Please don't ever get embarrassed. My, my daughter with, with Down syndrome, like there are times where she doesn't understand something and she's trying so hard and I would give anything to think of the one word or the one drawing or the one image or something that I could, so that she could understand. And it's physically and emotionally torturous to not be able to do that all the time. It's the worst part about being a parent. Also, some of the best stuff about being a parent because you get to watch them learn it, and figure it out, and go through it. You get to be proud of them. You get to be heartbroken with them. When you love somebody so much that you would give every piece of your essence to them, and it goes away, people talk about that hole, that that scar, that just kind of that pain, pain fades. Not that. That paint doesn't fade. It just scars over and becomes tougher and meaner and angrier and more discolored and makes you hate and makes you distrust and makes you question everything. That happened twice. And I tell you what, if either one of those women walked in this room right now and asked for my life, I'd give it to them, even now. For two reasons. One, because I promised that I would give them whatever I could for the rest of forever. And if that's what they need, that's what they get. And two, it's the only thing that makes the pain stop is if I'm no longer here. And I know that. It's hard to be here every day. It's a fight every day to stay. And a huge part of that is that I've been in love. <laughs> the most wonderful thing humanity can ask for hurts me in a way that I will never be able to really put into words. And that's why I say like, when you don't want that and you keep yourself unavailable and you keep those walls up, here's the thing. If you build a fortress around yourself, is there any fortress on this planet that's impenetrable? You put a diamond in a vault 
in a fucking, in a safe, underground, with lasers and guards and everything. You do all that, you put it away, and you completely lock it up, and then you build a fortress around it, and you build a moat around it, and you build a city around it, and you build a wall around it, you put fucking cannon and all these fucking drones, you put everything around it. There is still one guy that if he decides he's gonna get that heart, he's gonna be the best fucking gem, you know, best, best burglar ever, and is going to go get it, or spend their life trying. That's love. Because the right person will break through your fucking defenses, will fucking look past the fucking laser grid and go, huh, there's a weakness that I can exploit or move to the next level with. Do I poke and hurt and bring it down? Or do I move past and go to that next level and try that much harder and get that much closer? And it could take years. Fucking years. When, when people have stolen art and people have stolen cars and sometimes it's a matter of planning and stalking and watching and figuring and guessing and, and determining and going back and forth for fucking years before you go, oh shit, there's a fucking door right there I never noticed. And walking through it. That's the moment we look for. The right person will fight for that. I spend a lot of time being that person for my friends. Friendship love is, is underrated on a level that I will never be able to. When you truly know that you can call somebody in the middle of the night and they're there for you, or when it's just a moment of, oh, hey, there's this, just the check-ins and the random shit or the joke nobody else is going to get but the two of you, that is so fucking underrated, it's infuriating. People are so petty and so fucking meaningless with each other. With the, Oh, we're best friends. We go drinking all the time. Yeah, but do you know her, what she likes? Do you know who she's into? Do you know what's going on with her? Do you know about her parents? Do you know about... Her upbringing, do you actually know these things? Do you pay attention to these? Well, I don't know why she's mad at me. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you fucking did. And if you knew her at all, you'd be fu you'd fucking be ashamed of yourself. Because you didn't take the time to be a real friend. Those kinds of relationships are just as important as romantic relationships. And occasionally, I can say with some authority, you get to have sex with your friends. And it's fucking amazing. It can make things weird, and I will say that. I've got a couple friends where you're like, no, nope, that will never do. No, no, that can never happen. Because we're going to make fun of each other. Or we're going to do something weird like high five and ruin it all. But there are those where you can have that erotic love with. You can have that sense of connection where you're just so into them, you just want to crawl inside them. Figuratively and literally, you want to be a part of who they are. That is fulfilling in moments. That is fulfilling in pieces. When somebody breaks through your defenses and truly gets into your fucking circle and figures you out, it is the most freeing, it's like escaping prison. And it happens. I am 42 years old and in my life I've seen true love maybe 20 times true love. I can't even say what I had was true love. For me, it was. I was fighting through those fucking, I was figuring out the walls and the traps and the battles and doing, I don't actually know if they were. I don't know how anybody I've ever dated feels about me. I never did. I never did. I hear I, hear I love you all day, every day. Love you, bro. Oh, I love you. Oh my God, you're the best ever. I love you so much. 
hey man, like, you know I love you, right? Your family and me. Yeah. All day, every day. Do, do they actually know what that means? Do they, do they really feel that way? And what do they love about me? That I can drive and pick them up drunk in the middle of the night, or that they can come over and do art, or they can come over, like, there's some people I don't question it with. I never will. I never have. A couple dozen people that I've never questioned Ben Walker. I've never questioned you. Shelly. Skyler. There are some people, yeah, no matter what. I've never questioned how they felt or what they felt because when you are disappointed in me, you tell me. When there's a problem, we hash it out. Jasmine's the best at that. Absolutely. That girl and I have, holy shit, can we scream at each other. The girl I was drinking with on Snapchat last night, I have to quit drinking, by the way. Like, have to quit forever. Like, next week. Oof. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm... I'm That's I, the first beer I've had in over a year. Yeah. That's why I was like, <laughs> I hey, just, you want one? I was like, there they are. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you've never been a... I mean, I've seen you drunk, but I haven't seen you, like, a major drinker. So... But that's just it, is you find those people, like, she and I can be, God, we've gotten some fucking screaming matches. Holy shit, she, have she and I, just, oh my God. And it's not brother-sister, that's not our relationship. It's, it's, you're a fucking idiot, I fucking hate you, your mother should swallow, like, I mean, we are not nice to each other. And then the next day it's like, what are we mad about, what actually happened, and what can we do to fix it? Every time. And sometimes it takes a couple of days. There's been times where I've said some shit that I felt, I believe was true, and found out I was wrong. I do not like having to tell people when I'm wrong. But I have to with her, or she will cut my nuts off. <laughs> That's why she's one of the best friends I've ever had, is because there is that relationship. I have, I'm friends with a couple couples. That's interesting, for the same reason. Because maybe one of them is one I trust completely, and the other one I'm like, I don't trust you at all. Which, God, you guys are great for each other, so I'm going to be right here. There's those situations, too. All of that amounts to whether or not you see the reality, the longevity. And I've been wrong. I've watched people I thought were going to be together forever break up after six months. I thought I've met people that I thought were so in love and then find out one of them was cheating. I've had people where I was like, I swear to God, that guy is fucking, he's a piece of shit and he does nothing for her and find out he's like doing everything on the planet to make her life better and sacrificing everything. I, I've been wrong. I've seen those moments. But true love, maybe 20 times. Maybe. And I can't say that except in one instance, Maybe two. Maybe two. I don't understand my sister and brother-in-law's relationship. I, but God, it's magnificent. I, I don't, my sister's very hard-headed in very certain ways, and her husband is so zen and so level-headed. It's very weird. They are yin and yang in many ways. It, it's one of those that's like, but I don't know that it was predicated on love first. I think love came later. So that one, I don't know if I can count. Because I think they thought they loved each other for a long time before they actually loved each other. So I've been in one of those relationships too. Oh, that's not fun. It's fun while you're in it. How at the end of it? Um, Fuck that one too, obviously. But uh, when you when you when it, when I can say I've seen one that they truly love each other and they and, and they've been through some ups downs sideways shit. They've been through some of the greatest shit ever and 
They just love through all of it. And it's not even the most important thing to them. It's just what makes it even better. They don't spend their life, we're in love, we have to do this together. It's literally like, we're in love and we're living our lives and it happens to be that we support each other so completely that that's real love. And that's hard, that's a hard pill to swallow because of exactly what goes through your head, exactly what goes through my head of I'm never good enough, I'm never gonna be okay with this, I'm never gonna be, God, you deserve so much better. And when I got hit on you, I got jealous, not because I was like upset because he's better than me. God, you're gonna leave me, you better leave me for somebody better than me, but fuck, why is it gonna be that guy? Are you afraid of success? No. It's something I've always strived for, it's what consumes me. Yeah. Be the best. Do the best. So now that break your brain a little bit, probably the reason you're just so scared of a, a relationship succeeding? I'm afraid it fails. And here, the track things, record proved it. <laughs> three things we can't control time, the weather, and other people. And when you try to control other people, you end up being fucking Dahmer or Nagin or. <laughs> that's what control is, is brainwashing people. True. Stockholm Syndrome and shit like that. And we're, we're, we're wired to do it, but it's fucked up to do that to somebody, and we all know it. If your moral compass is even anywhere near fucking north, you can't do that to somebody. You get tricked them into loving you. You know it's not real, and then you start to question it, and those are the people who are like, I'm gonna give you absolute freedom, I'm gonna give anything I ever want, but if you leave the house without me giving you express permission, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's where that shit rolls in. And that will forever it, not just humanity, but everybody. It kind of just blows my mind that that's like an okay thing. That people expect it or, or look at it and go, oh yeah, it's fine to be this way. What I keep looking at and what I keep experiencing is this concept of people who are afraid of success will sabotage the relationship in an attempt to make it the other person. I hit you back first. You're gonna leave me, so I'm gonna fuck things up to make you leave me. Then there's the, I'm gonna do things that are unfathomable and mysterious and don't make sense and see how long you can take it. And we like to tell ourselves the reason we do that is, well, if I do this, I'm a piece of shit. and she stays, she really loves me. We know that's bullshit. You know it, I know it, it's bullshit. It's an excuse we give ourselves so that we feel better. I've done it. I'm not proud of it, but I've done it. I knew she was leaving though, was part of it too. I knew that I knew that girl was, and, she, and luckily she and I still are friends. And I, I feel lucky we're still friends. But when you have a fear of failure because of another person's involvement, it's disrespectful to the other person. Have you ever seen A Walk to Remember? Mandy Moore, it's a Nicholas Sparks book that got made into a movie. Can't say I can't remember the actor's name because he did like that movie and then he just disappeared. Mandy Moore's in it. She's actually really good. It's fairly cheesy. It's a Nick Sparks movie. It's a fucking wah-wah, I feel bad, everybody dies at the end kind of movie. But she says at one point, don't fall in love with me. Like when they first, he, he hires her as a tutor. Don't fall in love with me. He's like, I'm gonna like you. 
what the fuck, ends up falling in love with her, of course, okay. six marks. Falls in love with her, and then she's like, I told you not to, I told you not to, and he's like, why, what's so bad, am I so bad? She goes, I have leukemia, I'm dying. I'm fucking dying. You're hurting yourself. Go away. Tries to cut him from her life. Her dad tries to cut him from her life. They try to do this, and he just says, fuck you. It's not your choice. I love you. I'm here. That is bravery on a level. There's different kinds of bravery. Soldiers and first responders and politicians or people who stand up to politicians. There's bravery in this. But when you literally go, here's my heart. You don't get to choose that I'm not giving it to you. What? That's ball. That's gangster. And that's the level that you've probably been at. Stood there in numerous moments and went, I can't. I can't give you that piece. Want to, but instead I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make excuses. And we all make excuses. That's not unique to you or me or anyone. We all make excuses as to why relationships end. We all try and fucking answer what happens or why. We don't talk about friend breakups nearly enough. Losing a close friend is as, if not more, traumatic as a as a relationship ending. And I mean, I who I have a couple friends that man, we were tight, 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 and then we know. There's some people in my life I'll never speak to them again, and it hurts to know that. But those probably usually. 90% that is actually for the better. We can make that acceptance of this friend is not good for me or I am not good for them or they know I'm not good for them or what have you and we can remove the toxic friend. But it's so much harder to remove the toxic girlfriend or the toxic boyfriend or... And we don't... I don't know why we don't recognize that. You're not extremely social but you talk to people around the world and you, you have friends and... How many of your friends are in relationships right now where you know without a doubt that it's bad for at least one of them uh, one for sure where you just and you just don't know how to even express it to them like god you I know or if you do like the people who break up and go back and break up and go back I have one friend she has remarried the same dude like five times I'm not exaggerating. Like, like, like five times. That's the thing that that drove us away. You know, it's my friend who I'm. Yeah, I know you're not necessarily. About. I know you're talking about anymore. I know you're talking about, and and yeah. I that one I knew, but and that's both of them. And all my other friends, they they done the longest time I've known them. I've never been in a serious relationship. You know. Couple sure. weeks here and there, yeah. maybe a month at best. Yeah, you know. So, I just know age. that there are those people that continue to go back to the shitty relationships or make excuses for the shitty relationships even more. And everybody says, "Well, that's you know, when you're being beat, you don't know." I, I've been there. I've 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 watched guys in particular who are getting abused by their wives or their girlfriends make every excuse on the planet, and because they're guys, nobody looks at it the same way. They Not don't. Sure. They don't expect it to be. And, dude, last summer during lockdown, one of my, my, uh, I have two gay friends that they, 
very much love each other and they, they're a great relationship, but then they ended up living together during the pandemic. And they were so fucking destructive to each other. They both ended up losing their jobs. Like they, they cost each other their jobs. Not just like, oh, hey, we're shutting down. Or, no, they cost each other their jobs. They got themselves evicted. Both of them fought basically, well, I'm not paying fucking rent. I'm not paying the utilities. I'm, it was just petty. They just fell apart and just, and they've spent the last six months dating for three or four days and then they break up. He's fucking stupid. I can't fucking be there around him. And then, oh my God, I miss him. And then they're back together. And it's like a weekly thing where they're, they're breaking up and I'll never speak to him again. And it, I finally realized about two months ago, they're fucking fighting. Like they're fist fighting. And I don't know what to do. I mean, this is the second time. The other one, it was one dude hitting the other dude. And I kind of let it known, like, look, man, he's letting you beat him up. But if he turns around and hits you, he's going to kill you. Like, you need to knock that shit off. It's not okay. It's not tolerable. Because the friend he was hitting is an MMA, very well trained, and would actually cause damage. He was just controlling himself and not responding. But I was waiting for the day. And the other side of it is I didn't want them to go to prison because that was where that was going to go. If they actually got into a fight, one's going to be in hospital, the other's going to be jail, or both going to be hospital, both going to be jail. I did. I did insert myself with these two. It's they're so equal, they're so even, they're so everything, and they're so ashamed. I can say this because I know neither of them listen. They don't like podcasting, so I know I can. That sounds kind of petty to say. I'm only saying this because I know that they won't listen. But I may send them this section actually be like, just so you know, I know about it and I don't know what to do. I don't. It's hard to know what to do in a situation like that. I mean, it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but try to be the supportive end on both sides, you know? Like, yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to just be there and let them vent and talk to me and explain stuff. But I keep telling them, like, why do you keep going back? Because I love them. And I can't tell if it's true. I'm not them. I don't know. Maybe it is real. It have to be. <laughs> I mean, we're talking. I mean, it's bad, and it's been that way for a while. And yet they just keep doing it. And with any relationship, friendship, parents, any of it, with anybody you're dealing with, and you, you've said this to people. I know you have. I know you've said these kinds of things to your kids out in the fucking woods. Like, you have to remember that there are times when things aren't going to work or not going to make sense, but you got to step up and just be like, hey, I'm dealing with this. I love you. I'll be by your side as best I can, as long as I can. But not everybody's going to look at you and go, I accept you forever. It's uh, one of the pillars, interpersonal effectiveness. You know, how effective are we at being interpersonal with each other? You know, what, what are you willing to disclose about each other? What are you willing to give in order to receive right you know and it, it's got to be it's got to be open you know you have to be willing to give in order to receive yeah you know and you, know, you have to be willing to accept feedback you know and you have to be willing to accept those criticisms and understand that they they come from a place of knowing and acceptance and for fostering growth right and you know, it's it's often lost in translation. You know, 
Okay, well, you I know t- this. You can say this. Can you hear it? Sure. I mean, everybody's great at giving advice they can't follow themselves. I do it all the time. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's those moments. When you say, I know myself best, that's those moments you have to stop and go, but do I? Do I? There's a lot of my, I mean, there's a lot of myself that I hold in the shadows. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of myself that I'm afraid to let show. There's parts of me that I have never shown to anyone. Absolutely. You know, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a fear. But, you know, it's not for lack of wanting to. I had a friend describe to me what it was like to come out to his parents in such a way that it, it, give, it gave me anxiety. He'd already done it, like he'd gone through it and they were very supportive and great to him, but it gave me such anxiety. I am one of those people, like when I watch, I, I can't watch embarrassing scenes in movies. Like when somebody gets embarrassed, I wanna die for them. I literally like, oh God, oh, that's so bad. I, I, I have to avert my eyes. Sympathy. It's not even that, it's, it's just like, God, you, why why would you let when somebody drops food if somebody's eating and they drop food my heart sinks just drops like a rock like i'm like who cares do you know like when i see those videos of kids that drop their ice cream and start to cry i'm like yeah i'm kind of laughing at the kid but i kind of want to cry because that was his ice cream that sucks please somebody go get him another Please. That's please. one of the things that like drove me to learn about emergency medicine. Is seeing people hurt and not being able to do anything about it, but that holding it in. Yeah, the simplest health you helplessness. When you when you, you can empathize in those in those moments. We too often forget that the reason we feel those ways is because other people actually know how we feel. I am not one of those people. I would never be like, I understand. I know how just how you feel. No. No, you don't. <laughs> no, no one does. Yeah, yeah. We are so individual. I, it's the same with religion. Part of my biggest problem with religion is the concept that everybody sitting in a church believes in the same God. No, they don't. No. Because nobody's envisioning the same God. You want to say it's monotheistic, well then, why are there all these different versions? I don't like that. Yeah. I never have. I don't know if we get into a religious conversation, we're going to go for like seven hours, so I won't do that. But, because <laughs> we've done that before. Um, when you're looking at a situation like where you're unique and you've got a skill set and you've got a perspective and you can move forward, you can identify quickly, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. I know what I need to do. And I need to take charge and I need to be in control of this situation as best I can. When somebody else's feelings are involved, because we know that our feelings would be affected by something like that, that's that trigger. You know this, you're, you've done military training and shooting and stuff. You can bite your own finger off. Everyone can do it. It takes almost no pressure to bite your own finger off. Sure. It's, it's a carrot. Your finger's a fucking carrot. Your head's a fucking head of lettuce. You know these things, you know density. Our brain won't let us do it. You have to be so strong in mind or so desperate to cut your own finger off, to bite it off or whatever. We can all do it though. We can all do it. Babies can do it. 
Well, it's like dangerous when, like their time when their little fucking sharp ass milk teeth come in. I don't like when their fucking fingers are around like that. I literally like, man, you're gonna fucking sneeze and just take those fuckers off. And on the same token, that was a fairly effective threat. When my kids are like, I'm like, if you touch that again, I will bite your fingers off. They would look at me like, he might. <laughs> We're gonna stop. That's just pure mental acuity. Mind over matter, matter over mind. And that is a flip coin. Matter does beat out mind on occasion. If you can apply that concept to the idea of why relationships are scary or why people sabotage or what they're doing, it starts to make a whole lot more sense. Everything except the continued, the repeat, going back to a bad situation. That's the only one that doesn't make sense. All the rest of it is like, oh, well, you ran from that because it was good for you. You ran from that because if it failed, your whole world would fall apart. So you kind of jenged the fuck out of it. Knocked it over before it could fall on its own. That's fear. That's that I can't bite the carrot because it's my finger. And some people, truly successful people in relationships, not necessarily love, but in relationships, they bite the carrot. It's no longer a finger. It's, it's one of those things that, I mean, all fear can be overcame, right? Yeah. So, what is the, the big question is, what is the, what's the barrier, you know? Yeah. You know, sure, it's easy to say it's fear, but fear stems from multiple different areas, you know? Have you ever studied phobias at all? Like looked into why phobias are so unexplained. Like people who are like, there's people who are afraid of of green olives with pimentos, hmm? specifically. I watched some daytime TV show about it. People who are afraid of spiders can usually tell you it's the legs or it's the eyes or it's the fucking fangs or you know whatever. Or does rabies give you hydrophobia? Yeah. Yeah. People who are afraid of sharks, even though they have no land. reason, <laughs> no concept. You know, when you study those different, not even necessarily the, the ideas behind why certain people are afraid of certain things, but the, the fear itself, that it's unnatural and uncontrollable. I have always wondered if, because it's usually an emotional response. If you watch somebody who's really afraid of heights, my mom, my mom is terrified of heights. To a level where if she saw me go somewhere high, she would start to have a panic attack. We were at the Grand Canyon when I was a kid. And have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know the fences are pretty far back? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd go to the fence and she'd start crying. Because I was gonna fall. And she was gonna fall. She was in the car, parking lot, 30 feet back. She was gonna fall. If I fell, she'd fall. It's not like there was some weird tether tying us together. It's not like I would you know, create a vortex and suck her over the edge. But she literally, she would cry. She would just be paralyzed. Paralyzed in fear. Claustrophobic. We went to the fucking fairy caves. She couldn't go in, couldn't do it. We went to Carlsbad. She went through that and ran, sprinted the whole fucking way. Told me to keep up with her. I was a little kid, couldn't do it. I left the people behind me trying to chase her and my sister who also was just bored and wanted to read. And I got stuck between them in, in Carlsbad caverns that gets kicked, kicked out. You cannot leave your children unattended. I got in trouble for it. For her being claustrophobic. 
and panicking and wanting to run. I got in trouble. I've never actually forgiven her for that. She's probably Betty, but you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I didn't get to enjoy myself, and I like caves. I've never gone back, because I'm still holding this stupid grudge from when I... God, I think I was like 12, maybe younger, maybe 10. But it really upset me. Her phobia fucked up my good time. Years later, I realized, she couldn't control that. There's no, there's no controlling a phobia. If you, just, this girl, it's a deep thing. I have tape on that and I feel bad, but it's so good. It's so good. She fucking is so scared of crickets that she, 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 her voice goes up like 20 octaves and it's just these squeaky noises. And you can't understand a word she's saying and she's just pointing and freaking out. It's a fight or flight response. Yeah. At the same time, she's upset because it was her dog that bit the cricket and so it was in half and she, was, she felt bad for the cricket. She's freaking out, can't move, doesn't know what to do, but feels bad for it. Our emotions, shit show, fucking shit show. It, I mean, it is purely. It's a, it's fucking stupid how little we understand or know ourselves. Sure, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like the things you can't predict. You know, you never know what an emotional response you'll yeah. have to whatever a certain stressor may be. You know. I remember the first time I did the lemon squeeze after after Jake had passed away from falling off of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what kind of response I'd have. I told myself, like, I know I, I was going to be sad. Yeah. You know, I was probably going to cry. Yeah. You know, when I looked over the edge where he fell, I didn't. I, my emotional response was that of, this is just as fun as I remember it being when we did it. It wasn't, you know, I, the only thing that kind of stood out that was a little bit different was I felt a little bit of fear. Like I couldn't bring myself to look over the edge and I've done it a, a thousand years. times. Yeah. You know, I've done that hike and I couldn't drive myself to look over. I couldn't even get within 10 feet of that edge. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't feel like, I guess an apparent fear. It was just almost like a phobia of it. Yeah. You know, I couldn't get close enough. My body wouldn't, physically would not let me. People who live through traumatic car accidents become better, better drivers. Hmm? Because they're a little afraid of it happening again. There's one turn, one turn on the way to Denver I always slow down that I never slowed down before I was in that last wreck. And I slowed down every time. I just noticed it that I do it. I got, and apparently other people have noticed it, but I, but I've never said anything. But I noticed it this last trip because I was solo. I was like, why am I going so fucking slow? Oh, that's why. It hardwires you, man. Like, yeah. it's, it seeds deep. Yeah. But uh, Do you ever... You, I mean, we've done this before. Like, when we'll say something, we start laughing instantaneously. I know you do it. I do it. Where were you just shocked by what you just said? Like, I didn't plan that. It just fell out. A lot of my emotional responses are very closely tied to that same... I never know how I'm going to react until I'm doing it. I can't predict myself. Because I don't feel fear the way other people do, so it's not fear that does it. Sometimes it's like, God, I remember the first time I never wanted kids. I, oh my God, I never wanted kids. And then when my wife called me and said, we're having a baby, and I made it through the first three months, because she'd had some miscarriages and didn't know that I knew that. She's like, she made it past the first three months. She hid that motherfucker good for me. 
for one. And I was kind of impressed. So I will say that I was kind of impressed. But the second she said it, I was like, I, God, I can't wait to meet this kid. Instant change. Spent the first 21 years of my life, never, 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 never. Now, I love kids. I love kids now. I hated them before that. My ex, that's, 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 that's my daughter's mom, she was afraid of people with Down syndrome. Afraid of people with Down syndrome. And then her daughter's born with Down syndrome. How's that for a mind fuck? Changed her everything. It's. She's not afraid anymore, though. Oh, God, no. She, she works with them. That's a pretty primitive response, though. You know? Like, to have that paternal instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you think you don't. Yeah. You know, that's why they say, like, you know, young people who get, you know, pregnant early, they grow up instantly. Yeah. You know, everything drops and all the priorities drop into place. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason at that point. Nothing's frivolous right. anymore. You know, it's absolutely true. And it, it's chemical, you know? Like, yeah, it is. Herd mentality, too, is fairly it's fairly hardwired I think there's times where we we crave the idea of being around not necessarily hundreds of people or in groups but we have to be around somebody at some point I mean even Ted Kaczynski had his friends at the library and stuff that he would go visit every couple of days because he couldn't actually stand being alone that's all he preached was we should be alone we should never there should be enough distance that we never have to see another human being and yet he couldn't himself live by that um I've always been the opposite in a way. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess that's my introverted self. Have you noticed that though about this Grand Junction group of friends? Yourself, me, Ben. There's a few of us that we we all know each other. We all spent time together. We worked together. We've done stuff. None of it. <coughs> we hang out every couple of weeks. Hmm. We get a chunk of time in together, and then the rest of the time it's memes and inappropriate jokes. True. I mean that. Those that, would tie us together, though. Yeah. No, it, 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 that, Ben's that way. You're that way. Matt's that way. Like I can, I can name. And and there was a group of friends I was like that with in, in when I lived in in Rifle and Glenwood too. Where I, I I'm not big on groups. I'm not big on. I hate crowds. But did you ever see me perform ever? No. Even like karaoke. Have you ever seen me? I've seen you do karaoke. Yeah, we've done karaoke together. We did. We, okay, yeah, we did it at, at Turtle. Yeah. I sit in the corner with my hood up and face away from everybody. I but fucking see, have the worst stage fright, bro. I just don't know, like... I don't know. It's always one of those things that I wish I could just tap into whenever I wanted. You yeah. Because, like, when the situation calls for it... You step up. I, I get on stage it. and I animate. Yeah. Absolutely, but the moment I step off of it, please leave, leave me, me alone. Me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, don't touch me, don't talk to me. I'll be in my car. I'm in nerve. I'm, <laughs> I'm going home now. now, you know. I'm gonna go smoke down, leave. Yeah, no, yeah. I, and that's just like you I saying I'm gonna I'm gonna pack the gear, I'm gonna get ready to go, I'm gonna go to the motel, I'm gonna go to the next town. Yeah. You know, everyone else they jump off stage and like go towards the front. I'm in the I'm packing shit up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's a group of us to do that, and we are. We're a group of loners. Yeah. It's, it's kind of inexplicable because socially it, it's not how it's supposed to be. And yet we do pretty good at it. I think. I always think it's funny when people are like, I, I, I get asked, this, like, dude, why don't we ever invite you to stuff? Because I'll say no. 
<laughs> yeah, I will, I will nah, find, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, there are yeah. certain people I will I, I love going out with. Oh yeah, like I'll go out of my way. It's it's, it's yeah, yeah. There's there's those people that I mean it could be any moment, any time of the day. Sure, I'll be there. You know? I gotta ask why I go to the strip club so much. So all the girls know me, know I'm not gonna give them any fucking money and they leave me the fuck alone and I can hang out with Mark and Mark Brandon and drink my drinks and fuck with the fucking DJ. That's why I like going to the strip club. I've been allowed to go there in the last couple months and so I just don't go anywhere. Yeah. I'd be the most uncomfortable person in the world in a strip club. Most people are. It's kind of fun. I like taking people out. I took my son in there before it was open. We were dropping off food and doing stuff. And he just, his, his eyes were on the ground. I'm like, you're 20. It's fine. You know most of the girls. I'd be staring at foreheads. No, that's the thing. He all, like, all night like, long. Like, be, that's the problem. I know these girls. I can't. No. They can't be boobs to me. I loved it. I, I, was, I was so proud. And, and I'm going to use that forever against him. Because it is fantastic. It, I, it really is. And, and I'm too much of my mother's son, man. Yeah. No, I, I feel like, that's the thing. Like I've I've gone with a couple people where they they literally like Can we go sit in the back and like I said absolutely, I'm fine with that. I have no problem with the concept that people don't need to be exploited or anything. I do it in an almost pagan way. For me, it's it's a matter of they're empowered, they're feeling it. Oh, absolutely. And like, I love that. I find that I I love that too. Like I find that incredibly strong. And and the emotional torment some of them go through the 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 thing, it's a hard job. Porn, hard job. Modeling, hard Absolutely. job. Those people tend to inspire me in ways that they don't grasp. It's not about, oh, you're hot. Can you put your boobs on me? I don't care about any of that. Never have, never will. I'm there because there, there's this sense of empowerment and feminine strength. It's beautiful, in really. sex work. In, it's the same reason. God, I love going to pride festivals. I've been to a couple and I've had I had the a great time, man. Time. I had a fucking such a great time. There's so much love. I would, uh, and so much do you know Patrick Peterson? It's such a good vibe, huh? You know Patrick Peterson? Yeah. Yeah, I went to one with him a couple years ago in Denver. Oh, Denver, uh, Denver's fun. And, I oh my god! Denver. Like I was so Denver's nervous. Fun. I was so nervous. See, and I don't. I, I like, didn't. And for no reason, it was just something that I built up in my head. Like it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. You know, someone's going to okay, someone's going to make it I weird for this, me. I said, you know, I've never been hit on by a girl. I've been hit on by a couple guys, and the way they hit on me is, one dude, drag queen walked up to me in Denver, uh, and this would have been six years ago, and said, sweetie, it's just unfortunate you're straight, because those eyebrows, they're perfect. I'd kill for those, so I'd kill for you. And walked away, and I was like, damn, soul, <laughs> fucking soul, damn, like, I feel so good right now, yeah, like, and uh, having guys buy me drinks. I love your tattoos, man. I know you don't, you know, take it. And they, and they, and they also know. It's like, I, I apparently have the fucking invisible emphasis straight. But I have no problem. Like, I've, I've kissed guys for fun or for fun, being funny. Like, I have no problem with it. It doesn't weird me out through that concept. Like, it's never an erotic thing. Usually, it's to, to catch a laugh. I've been yeah. kissed in situations. It's good to have a sense of your own. Yeah, like, like literally, yeah, like I'm own. comfortable enough. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Like, there is a drag queen. When we were at the Mesa, we did a drag show, and one of them walked up and just grabbed me and fucking dipped me and kissed me in front. And everyone's like, "Wasn't that bad for you?" I was like, "Dude, I got dipped. I'm a 250 pound man, and he bit me. That was dope. Dope. <laughs> I fucking done that shit. You know that kind of stuff. The other one was a guy. Where like, oh, you have to be straight, aren't you? I mean, why do you oh, say my that? God, my back is broken. Yeah. <laughs> no. We'll wrap here soon because I'm gonna probably cut oh. this into episodic. But it was it was great because he literally was like, "Oh, you have to be straight." And I was like, "Why?" He goes, "Because I love your tattoos and I love your laugh." You're straight, right? I am. <laughs> Fuck, I knew it. We had a beer, hung out, 
Cool guy. Still talk to him. There's a group of, of, and this is weird, and I haven't seen him in a while, but there was a group of lesbians that really liked making out with me. I'd walk into Charlie's and be like, why? You don't <laughs> like penis. Why are you doing this? You just have great lips. Okay, you know what? That works. I'm good with that. But I don't feel hit on. It's more a, hey, check out the freak that we can make out with even though he's gross. You know? <laughs> I kind of dig that. Like, that's okay. So it's a weird experience, but I love, like, probably just the energy. The energy of it is, and, and I'm kind of an energy vampire. So if, when I can get a lot of positivity, yes. So that kind of stuff, I dig that, and I think that there's, I think it's, it's missing. There's that same side when you're around people who are always anxious and freaking out and doing all that stuff. It's the same way. If you hang out with a group of people that are new, new boots, boots. yeah, <laughs> goofing, but damn. Yeah. Oh. So, well, God, we could talk about you being a shooter. We could talk about all your experiences leading up to being a musician, band stuff. God, we could talk for forever. So let's do this. We'll have you back in season three for sure. I may even cut this one up into a couple episodes because that one got almost made me cry, fucker. It's close. It's damn close. I don't do that, damn it. I, I, I just smoke away one of them. I know. I, saw, I, I saw, smoke I away saw a couple. The, yeah, I just smoke away I a couple the, tears the there. It's Jim Carrey. Uh, it's just one of those things, oh, man. It's hard to talk about. It is. It's like, it is. It's, well, but it, but it's, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be brought out. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you I'll get a message and I'll forward it to you. I will. Seeing him... So vulnerable, reminded me such a, that I'm not alone. Like one of those like masculine lies, you know. Yeah. My dad was this guy, such high stature. My grandpa was this guy with such high stature. All my brother-in-law, there's these guys with such high stature. Well, I feel like that's something I have to live up to. You know, my dad has and, never expected me to be the man that he is. I aspire to because he is an amazing person, but he has never once held it, told me to any kind of, and I will forever be. That is the greatest gift my dad has ever given me. I told him that a few weeks ago, and he just looked at me and goes, don't be yeah, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that was his response, don't be stupid. And I was like, it's kind of what I'm telling you, I'm trying not to be stupid, but yeah, it was interesting. It's another one of those things that kind of eats me alive that I try not to think about too much is all yeah. the conversations I wish I could have with my dad. Right. You know, I wish we could have had that beer together and just been like, it's all bullshit, isn't it? You yeah. know? Yep. Yeah. You know, I hear about, you know, friends having that kind of relationships with their fathers, and it's like, yeah. I mean, my dad and I, we, we butt heads mad time, and we do, but he is my staunchest supporter, and I am his. We just don't get along on a lot, because we don't see eye to eye on a lot. There's something, politics, things we tend to, but there's other things we don't. Um, I mean, yeah, we could go on for days, hours, whatever. It is hard to talk about, and, and that's just it. Is this is I, I love episodes like this, because they start out, and it's like, oh, it's light, and they're talking fun, and then it gets really deep, and then that's when I start getting a message like, man, I'm sitting here listening, like, he saved a life, he did this, and suddenly, like, I'm crying. I want to hug him. What the fuck? Like, I love that shit. Those, that's what that's what makes this fun for me is that it's the it's the interaction in post that kind of makes it fun. So, what are two songs you can't stop listening to right now? Fuck! I can't even pronounce it. Uh, it's a uh, Mamamus. I fucking can't say it. By uh, I built the sky. Okay. Um, and uh, I can't think of the name of this band. 
Uh, it's a pop punk song, but it's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it's called Dakota by fucking. Uh... Hold on. Yeah, this is one of those you gotta pull the phone out. Got, I got it. It's on, it's, on my, it's on my Spotify. Oh, thank you, sir. My life. <laughs> Dude, right? I didn't realize how reliant I was on my phone until it died at the doctor's yesterday, and I was freaking out. I mean, freaking out hard. I felt stupid. Oh, Death is Not Defeat by Architects. Oh, that one's, that one's, God, that's a good track. That's one of my always. always yeah, ones. that's a forever track. Um, Try giving me another idea. If it's I can't it's the one it. on top. Fucking Mamatos? Mamatos. Mamatos. Say Mamatos. Okay, yeah, that one. Um, this is easily the lamest part of the podcast where I'm scrolling through my phone. Everybody does it or they, <laughs> they, they panic. My favorite one is there is a girl. She, she spat out two songs and then she messaged. She goes, ignore those songs. I don't even like those songs. Oh. I don't know why I said them. Between You and Me. Dakota, but between you. Okay, there. That, that's a good group. Yeah. That's an underrated group. That's like Less Than Jake. Less Than Jake's one of those really ah. underrated groups. The people just they don't they don't realize how great they really are. Um, yeah, I always close these out, and with you, it's even a little bit more inherent because you've actually been involved in the mental health profession and things of that nature. Like I always tell people, don't feel alone. Never forget that there's always somebody to reach out to. Try not to stay in your head for too long. You're your own worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my mind's dirty, so it's not good to be there. It's like a strange mix of broken playground. If you're going to be in there, point. share it with somebody you like. There you go. Or somebody you don't like. doesn't matter. Because it might find out they got a little bit of crazy in their head, too. Yeah. Everybody's got a little bit of crazy. It's a matter of what they... It's amazing how yeah. many of the kids that I worked with, how much my mind fucking melded with theirs because how similar yeah. so many of our, our thought processes were. Yeah. You know? That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I can't do mental health stuff, because I'll hurt someone. Yeah. All right. Trust well, me, you do, you do more good than harm. No, well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs>